Welcome back, you guys. Happy Friday. We made it through another week. Ashley and I are back in our respective closets. It's very sad we're not together anymore. Um, I have a little bit of a cold maybe, so if you hear me sniffling, I'm so sorry, but we're powering through because this is our career, and when it's showtime, it's showtime. (laughs) But I'm Abby, and... And I'm Ashley, if anyone is here for the first time or just forgets our voices because you've never met us before, this is us. This is us, season four, season five. Is anyone watching? I am. This is us, Mandy Moore. I actually just watched it last night. We could discuss that, too. It's such a good series. It's back to being my favorite show because I just binged it on Hulu. Um, But that's a song for another time. We got a great episode for you guys today. We're recapping The Bachelor. It was hometowns this week. Very underwhelming, in my opinion. And then we're going to get into a super fun topic of first impressions, their importance, and all the different kinds of first impressions we'll be making in our lives and how to make some good ones. Heck yeah. Let's speed through this Bachelor nonsense because honestly, I am losing interest not by the week, but by the minute as I watch. So to kick things off. To kick things off, I took some notes more than I should have by the looks of it. So when the family comes, it's kind of like Survivor when the family comes out to play. Yes, it totally is. Nothing important there, though. We're revolutionary. And then, oh, I was thinking, Abby, imagine if you go on one day and then they're like, hey, here's your here are your parents and here's your entire college friend group because that girl got her best friend was allowed to come. So that was fun for her, I guess. Totally. I would be like, I actually chose not to bring my parents for you to meet. I'm bringing my six best friends. You get to sit down and have them bombard you with questions. Yeah, it'll be a lot more brutal than your parents, honestly. Okay, and then I love the effort they put in for Michelle, but I don't know how I feel about all this classroom stuff. They obviously didn't have a full class there. They had to scrounge around for permission slips. And, Are you kidding, um, Ashley? I thought that was the cutest you thing thought that you liked it. Students and each of them got a chance to speak to. It wasn't just like one kid got to shine. And that little girl brought out the letter that Michelle had written her. She just seemed very, like, genuine. And it wasn't like, look at me. I'm such a nice person and I'm a teacher and kids like me. It was, like, a very authentic connection to her and her students, I thought. But overall, her date compared to skydiving with Rachel. Like, oh, yeah, I'm we'll sorry. get there. We'll get there in due time. Well, if you're a teacher, come forward if you liked or hated the idea. I want your guys' real opinions. Cough, cough, Allie, that's you. <laughs> but good luck to the parents trying to explain the concept of all of this to their kids. What do you mean? The kids that were on the show? Yeah. I don't know. Explain your sis- your teacher's on a TV show with a man and he's dating 30 other women and he might marry her. <laughs> and then I feel like any kid would be so excited to be on television and like not really yeah. understand why. <laughs> the basketball thing was cute. That's all I wrote for that. Yeah. Her dad seemed really, really, really old. Was that just me? No, he seemed a little frail. He seemed a little geriatric, but nice. (laughs) That was your word of the week. Um, But very father of the bride, all playing basketball. Okay, I've always wanted to go skydiving, but after seeing Rachel hit the ground with her entire face, I'm out, I think. (laughs) I'm shocked she didn't knock out her teeth. And also, how does skydiving even relate to her home down? Okay, did you notice, though, when they were (laughs) strapping up in the plane, it was like showing them and the professionals they were strapped to, her professional that she was hooked up to looked like he was about 14 years old. Did anyone notice this besides me Well, what rinky-dink company did she go to, skydiving company, where were they even wearing helmets? (laughs) 
Like, I, wait, they weren't wearing helmets. They were wearing goggles, I think. And that was it. Yeah. What rink-eating company did she go to where the owner of it said the 14-year-old kid was qualified to drive? It's like when you live on open <laughs> land and your parents let you drive at 14 because you're qualified and nothing's going to happen. No laws in Philadelphia, I guess. Yeah. Or Pennsylvania, um, where, wherever they are. They're definitely not Philly. but um, they're, on how does, they're in the Pennsylvania countryside. Excuse me. And how does skydiving relate to her hometown? I think it was just that she is a thrill seeker and that's something that they would have done if she if he went to Georgia. Also, maybe she goes skydiving a lot or something because for some reason she looked zero percent scared. Like she was so calm <laughs> up there. She jumped out of there like she'd been doing it her whole life. She was doing an interview while she was falling from the freaking sky. She was like, haha, Matt, I'm actually falling for you now. And she's talking to the camera. I know. Like as she's falling out of the sky, like she's not, like she's on the ground. And Matt was so scared the whole time. It was funny. And also she smashed her face on the ground. He ran over and was like, all right, let's make out a bit. You're fine. You're alive. Yeah. And I thought, okay, to be honest, I feel like people were kind of underplaying how hard she hit the ground. She smacked the ground. That looked like concussion city. I feel like she should have been seen by a medic after just to make sure she didn't pass away in her sleep or something. That was like a real. I know. Did you see her hair afterwards? It was all frizzed and covered in grass. (laughs) She just smacked the earth. I was like, that's really scary. And you know why? She was strapped to a 14-year-old. (laughs) <laughs> next up is Bree, and i said omj i forgot her sister is a literal infant remember infant ashley chavez yes <laughs> okay you guys one time we were getting on a plane coming home from alabama and we were the last ones to board and i was right behind ashley and ashley went to go scan her ticket and they were like also let the record show we were all wearing cowboy hats like joking ones not like 500 dollars ones very joking, oh yes party city ones. like party city felt pink and black cowgirl hats anyways we're getting on this plane and they scan her ticket and they're like excuse me what ashley chavez you're already on the plane like what's going on and ashley's like what i'm ashley chavez and they're like no you're not ashley's already boarded the plane and then i stand back and i point at ashley and I don't think I've ever said this word in my life in real time, but I point at her and I yell, imposter. <laughs> and then also the flight attendants are like, no, you, you're you not a baby. You're not a six-month-old. I'm like, well, obviously, <laughs> obviously I'm not a baby. I'm a grown adult woman and I'm standing right here. And they're like, well, there must be two Ashley Chavez on this plane. And I was like, haven't you guys encountered this situation before? I find it hard to believe right? this is the first time that this has ever happened to you. And um. <laughs> yes, Abby screams imposter, and I'm like, stop it. They're going to think something's up, or we're playing a prank, and you don't mess around yeah. at the airport. Um, we're also hungover as hell. And, and I just and- thought it was one big joke because nobody yeah. understood what was going on. But apparently, there was a baby named Ashley Chavez who was a passenger <laughs> who didn't make the flight because they sat behind me, and I found out some tea. The mom didn't bring baby <laughs> Ashley Chavez on the trip. Um, so there was one big, huge mix up, but there was only one singular grown up Ashley Chavez on the plane. And that was the end of the story. And uh, yeah, but I remember you texted me on the plane. You're like, "Hey, and Ashley Chavez didn't make the cut or something." Because <laughs> I guess when babies, you don't have to actually buy them a ticket because they just sit on your lap. Yeah, but it was all like very confusing. Because also, was where booking. would she be? Where would Infant Ashley Chavez be? Maybe she Why left her with like? grandma or something. I don't know. Anyways, moving forward, Bree's mom could be a contestant. That's how young she is. Oh my god! True. She. Okay, so if Brie, if she had her when she was 13, is that correct? I think so, yeah. Brie's 24, so she's like 37. She could be a contestant back on older seasons when they were more honest. She's younger than Claire. (laughs) (laughs) The previous. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's insane. Um, Brie is so underrated. I feel like she's so pretty. But both Brie and Serena, when they were walking next to Matt, when they didn't have heels on, they look like literal children. Like they could be his niece. Like they are so freaking small compared to him. And I do not understand the draw of that. But okay. (laughs) I think Serena's relatable. I want to see her again on the franchise. I could see her in paradise maybe. And then why does Matt not have one single ounce of emotion on his face until she was breaking up with him finally? He doesn't have emotion any other time until he was finally caught off guard and blindsided. And now he knows what it feels like when he blindsided all those other women when he was about to hand them a rose and backed out. Yeah, the whole thing was pretty weird, in my opinion. Um, Kind of a boring episode as far as hometowns go. And I feel like part of it is just because obviously they can't officially fly to their hometowns because that's so special to like see where they're from, their high school, all that stuff. But I, my biggest takeaways were, I'm really sure that Rachel wins now. I'm very solidified in it. He doesn't look at Brie or Michelle the same way. And if anyone was going to get second, I honestly thought Serena might have been the runner up, but she took herself out of the running because I feel like for him, it was more of a chase with her because she wasn't just giving him everything and telling him everything he wanted to hear. Like with Brie and Michelle, I think it's a little too easy for him, but I could see Michelle, honestly, Michelle or Brie, I could see them being the next Bachelorette. I think those would both be great choices. Hmm. Hot take. Did you know a question that I used to ask when we would rush girls for the sorority was pretend you're on The Bachelor. What would you show me in your hometown? What would you show in your hometown? Well, Lord knows I would really play up the farm bit and take them on a horse and like show them the cow next door and take the goats for a walk and pet a chicken. (laughs) There was a cow next door and I didn't see it. What a half-ass tour of your hometown then. I know. I'm not a cow whisperer. What can I say? But speaking of first impressions, um, those happen a dime a dozen on The Bachelor. So let's move on to that segment of the evening. Okay, first impressions. This is a hot topic. I was thinking about it a lot this week because with my job with iHeart, I'm going to be making a lot of first impressions with these people. And the main thing I think about is to always dress to impress when you're meeting a stranger because you never know if that's going to be the only time they ever see you. So you want them to think that you always dress to impress and just look put together in general. I also always think to hold your head high. Don't be staring at your phone and slumped shoulders like you're not confident, but hold your head high. Strut through the room like you know where you're going, even if you don't. These are just some things that go through my head. What what goes through your head when you enter a room and you're like turning it on for someone, you know? I think if someone invites me somewhere or something or I'm going to meet a stranger, it's far better to be overdressed than underdressed. Always. Always to look put together. I think something that attracts me to other people and that I think I have is having a nice, easy smile, not a forced smile when that comes super easy. Well, I also think it's important to recognize there's different kinds of first impressions. Obviously, there's like the first impressions with a client, with a boss during an interview. That's all very important. There's the first impression rose on The Bachelor. There's the first impression rose, (laughs) of course. And that's really hard because you're really battling for someone's attention. But then there's also the first impressions when you walk into a room full of peers, like the first day of school, your new classes. But my two giveaways, an easy smile and dress to impress, are go across all of those categories. Right. But you also don't want to look like you're trying too hard, which is a hard line to balance. Like you don't want to look like I just put on 10 pounds of makeup and spent hours picking yes. out this outfit because that comes off really disingenuous, you know? Comes off as a swing and a miss. I'll tell you that. Much. <laughs> a swing and a big fat miss. Don't even get me started. <laughs> 
Okay, so there are different types of first impressions, and let's start with the type where your best friend invites you someplace with all of her friends from a whole different circle. You've never talked to a single one of them, and the only person that you know at this dinner party for her birthday is this one best friend, and you're matched up against 10 other people. Okay, a tough pill to swallow, but this is what really gets me going. This situation is what really gets me excited about life. Do you want That's know? your bread and butter? Do you, that's my bread and butter. Okay, insert right here, Country Crock ad. (laughs) You guys, we were talking about sponsors that we wanted, and Country Crock Butter was a sponsor or an ad on Hulu. And I was like, oh my gosh, Ashley, that's probably like low-hanging fruit. Country Crock. (laughs) I don't think it's low-hanging. It's not at all. But I was thinking if we got some type of butter brand to sponsor us, it would be funny because we could talk about things that are our bread and butter, like our things that just really- Your bread and butter. Your bread and butter is a room full of strangers. It is. It, I love, there's nothing I love more than working a room, turning on my personality, putting on a show for these people and winning them over. There's nothing, there's nothing that gives me a better high than that, truly. I'll make sure then at my wedding to seat you with the, the most motley crew of strangers that I can <laughs> pick rather than at the head table. All of our best friends are seated together and I'm in the back with like the kids and the, the aunts and uncles that nobody knows their last name. Yeah, the parents, co-workers. Oh, man. Um, that situation is a tricky one, though, because you don't want to work the room so hard that you come off as, as cocky and then people are like, who does she think she is trying to come in with all of these people that know each other? Right. You have to somehow flirt that fine line of presentable, open, and friendly while also maybe making connections with one person at a time rather than everyone look at me and laugh at me. I'm yes. so vain. You think the song is about you. Walking into the party like you're walking onto a yacht, some might say. Some might say. Who sings that song? I don't know. <laughs> Okay, moving on. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think what plays in my favor specifically is that my natural go-to personality, my reset, if you will, is just being super bubbly and loud and talkative to Mm -hmm. everyone. And so I think luckily for me, when I do that, it doesn't come off as disingenuous. But some other people that are much shyer, I think it probably is a lot harder for them to try and do something like that. And it would come off kind of fake if you were putting on a show. So to speak. Yeah. Small connections one at a time. Work your way around the table. Introduce yourself. Get to know one person at a time. Find something relatable. Ask about stories that they tell. Ask key questions because you care. Okay. This one's harder. And also, a few drinks never hurt anyone. A few drinks never hurt anyone across all scenarios, including interviews. Just kidding. <laughs> and I'm going to say, no, no, not interviews. I'm going to say something controversial. And I think I learned it abroad. Something that unifies a group of people that does not know each other and blows past first impressions is going out. Oh. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Is that your guess going out? I was going to say a common enemy. A common enemy? Alcohol? No, alcohol is a common friend, Ashley. Okay, what's your common enemy? Well, it depends. You have to find that out amongst each other, but I bet everyone... Oh, a common enemy just in general. I thought that you meant that there was going to be one universal enemy. No, nothing bonds the group like a common enemy. If you can find one, run with it. Oh, interesting. Hot take. Okay, Um, next next type of interaction is... First impression, meeting someone else's parents. This could be your best friend's parents. This could be a date's parents. Well, I think those are very different, meeting a date's parents versus best friend's parents. But first impressions okay. with adults. Best friend's parents, when you're just bashful, though, like you guys aren't even that close yet. Just your okay. roommate, your college roommate, has your parents take you out to dinner. Right. I think I come in a little more timid than I do to someone who's my age, to my peers, because I kind of want to feel out what kind of parent it is. Are they laid back? Are they easygoing? Do they 
make you say ma'am like thank you ma'am or do they talk with their last names that's a very like east coast thing that Mm, india is always baffled that all of us just call each other's parents by our first names but that's just normal for us but like in the south hey kev you gotta you gotta say miss kim you gotta say dr john you know love them and that's the way love them shout out to the johnson family we are obsessed with you but boy don't you know it um (laughs) but yeah i think i kind of gauge the level of comfortability the parents have with me and with the person that i'm with who's their child and kind of go whereas you you throw your arm around my mother who's a foot shorter than you more than a foot call her lisa more than a foot possibly and call her lisa and ask her out for a drink so yes and how i call ali's mom bren i don't even call her brenda anymore call her bren I don't even think anyone calls her Bren. I think that's a special <laughs> thing between me and her, and I want to leave it that way. <laughs> so those are, there are those first impressions. And then next, have we covered job first impressions? That's a toughie. No, but that one's really important. I think we should try and offer some tips because you and I have been through a lot of interviews. I'm sure a lot of And not just have. also, not just interviews, but when you do get the job or the internship, the way that you interact. This has always been interesting to me in past things, the way that you interact with people that are around your similar age but have a higher position than you or they are a year mm-hmm. older and have a higher mm-hmm. position. That's always been an odd first impression for me that I'm still trying to figure out. Yeah, because you have to kind of know your place. You can't walk in like with all the confidence in the world like you own the place, but you also can't walk in timid like you don't know what you're doing because there is a level of yeah. taking it till you make it. Like you kind of just have to recognize your place in the ecosystem and then assert yourself in that place. Not a, not above the that ecosystem. place. Yeah, in the ecosystem. And also um, another thing is with first impressions with interviews or your first day on the job or whatever, the biggest thing I think that sticks in people's minds is if you're late. So arriving early, oh, totally. early is on time. On time is late. Late is like really freaking late. Like late's really bad. But arrive on time no matter what. This is something that I am so bad at. I always get there like on time. Like don't don't think I'm a horrible employee because I will not show up late. I just need to start showing up earlier, which was actually one of my New Year's resolutions. Leave five minutes earlier. Oh, wow. Yep. And I think it's really important in any profession, really, to show up late to show that you respect the other person's time in a professional setting and in a friendship setting, too, but more so in a professional setting. And again, I just think the way you walk in and the expression on your face really tells it all. Like if you walk in feeling like no matter what, everything's going to be okay, I think that comes across. Also, reading the room as in not being too serious if the person that's interviewing you is evidently here for a light, light joke. Yeah. Because if they're here for a light joke in an interview, they're there for heavy jokes when you get hired. Mm-hmm. So read the room and figure out if you should throw in a light joke or two. I once had a man comment that I was overdressed in an interview. Really? What company? Was it what type of company? It was a marketing deal. And I was like, you're kidding. Uh, What were you wearing? Yeah. Blazer. But were you wearing like nice (laughs) jeans or slacks or a skirt? What? I think it was nice pants Hmm. and a blazer. I didn't think it was overdressed. I thought it was a happy medium. I think always what I do for most places of business in our field, PR, marketing, advertising, sales, all that stuff, would be a blazer and a blouse and a dark pair of jeans without any holes in them and a nice pair of shoes. Yeah. I think that's always Yeah, the guys wearing boots or something. Yeah. But you can't win them all. You simply a swing and a miss. You simply can't. Literally going on an interview is like going through the rush room sometimes. Like you have to kind of bend and uh-huh. mold your personality while still being yourself to the setting and to the person you're speaking with. I've actually made a blunder when I was interviewing with a company once because I had two back-to-back interviews with different people in their C-suite 
And I interviewed with one person one day. It was the most casual thing ever. He was like the whole company, the guys are wearing like jeans and sneakers and like sweatshirts. And it's just a total like techie place. And I was like, oh, this is so casual. Like we were just having a normal conversation. And then the next day I came back for a secondary interview with another person that was high up. And it was the most formal conversation I've ever had. And I was so unprepared because I just assumed within the same company, I was going to get the same type of energy the next day. And boy, was I wrong. I should have prepared way more for the second interview. And I mean, you live and you learn. I think that's why it's important to share these experiences because I did not get the job at that company. And perhaps (laughs) that was why. But I feel like um, I'm pretty good at thinking on my feet, which you have to be in. PR. But yeah. Still, I feel like I just came in with a total mindset of this is going to be another easy conversation with another person. And it was very strict. And I was like, oh there's, my God. <laughs> there's nothing quite like being in an interview and you're racing through all the files in your mind, like SpongeBob, <laughs> when all the files are on fire. Yeah. Um, and you're you're ready to pull out your shirt collar because you're getting a little bit nervous. But song for another time. You're sweating. You're like, is there water anywhere? Anyone? <laughs> You raise your hand to drink the water and it's shaking a little bit. <laughs> your hand's like, uh. Yeah, I've been there. It's been rough. You're like racing through your resume in your mind. Like, what did I do at those companies? What experience do I have? Nothing. I did nothing. I barely graduated. I was born yesterday. I, for all I'm I infant know. Ashley Chavez. Yes. I'm infant Ashley Chavez. <laughs> but, back, um, all roads lead to infant Ashley Chavez. The Lord knows we're all going to spend the rest of our in the next 40 years interviewing on and off so truly song for another time what other types of groups are there um, are we oh, with? i used to love something i used to be obsessed with not at the beginning of college or beginning of high school but as i progressed to junior and seniors i was obsessed with first day of classes really why huge first day of class girl well pepperdine is just like high school so that's a unique experience <laughs> but the first day of class at, at pepperdine yeah. was you get dressed up mm-hmm. who do you sit by who do you know and it's all about what you wear which is absurd for college all other colleges show up in yeah. oversized t-shirts and sweats and pepperdine was dressed to impress it was like your wear the outfit jewelry. that shows off your personality the best uh-huh. and your and mood that your major <laughs> and your mood that day yeah with makeup and you you would get there early too to make sure to be seen on campus yes so and I used especially to as upperclassmen when you really know most of the people on campus yeah. it's a small school I did feel like Troy Bolton and other pop culture movies from our childhood where you walk into the room and you're waving you're high-fiving people hey uh-huh. I haven't seen you all summer can't wait to catch up you're you know everyone in the classroom you're like who do I sit by I have so many choices like it was yeah. so <laughs> sickeningly exciting I agree with you sickeningly and that did a number on our psyche obviously we think we're going to be popular forever yeah. and I'm sure everyone else at Pepperdine thinks that too but you know therapy for all so (laughs) I really did feel like I was on top of the world whenever I was there but I also felt like equally everyone was on top of the world with me we were all just on top we were all up there nowhere to go but Uh, down after Pepperdine really (laughs) yeah we're all going down together all right what's up next to bat next up to bat is a fun one I was thinking about first impressions Mm -hmm. when you meet someone from a dating app So you meet them on Hinge or Bumble or whatever. God, I hope you're not meeting people on Tinder. Like, I pray for you if you are. But you meet someone. You set up a date. We're going to meet here for drinks. We're going to go here for coffee, whatever it may be. And then you go and you you text them. You're there. Do you get out of your car? Do you wait for them in the coffee shop? Like, where do you place your body? (laughs) 
I'll tell you where you place your body. You place your body at the front door of the establishment. Okay. Interesting. Outside of it. Outside of the front door of the establishment. You wait kind of outside. And you lean up and... against it with a cigarette like you're in the breakfast club? Or what? Yeah. One, one foot <laughs> cocked up. Yeah. No. You, <laughs> you wait around outside. And if they haven't said they're there yet, then you sit on your phone. And I guess you – it's almost like an interview. You put your phone away when they say that they're parking. Oh, yeah. And okay. Then you go in for the hug. But what comes hard is matching someone's energy if you guys have never spoken on the phone before. You don't know the sound of their voice. So matching their energy, even though Abby, I know, is a massive fan. Yeah, Abby loves doing this. This is where my theory comes in, my strategy, if you will, of always FaceTiming them for like five minutes to solidify your plan before you meet them because you know the pacing, their voice, the way they talk, their energy in a conversation, and you're not so worried about that initial voice that they have because what if it's weird well i have so many questions about all of that but we're saving that for the dating episode t minus two-ish weeks get buckled up everyone but um you have to match their energy which is a really interesting Mm -hmm. hot take yes just like matching energy in an interview it's truly an interview it is an interview of a different sort but an exciting one but and then also you if they're not quite measuring up to what you thought they were going to. Mm-hmm. Having to stay polite throughout the whole thing. Having to take a smile. Yeah. As kind as humanly possible. And But what's interesting about people too, this isn't just dates, but just like friends and stuff. You just have to find the thing that people like talking about and they light up instantly. Mm-hmm. So like that takes some time. I don't know. This is a whole different conversation. We're getting think, off impressions onto dating. No, but. I think the impressions um, are so good on first dates. Like the vibes are so good um, when you first see someone because you're really excited. Like you're starting with a blank slate pretty much with these people. Like you might know their job, where they're from, how old they are, that kind of thing. Yeah. But you – there's so much to ask. Like there's so much for them to ask you too. Like there's just so much to talk about that it can't be awkward. Something that I hadn't realized and I heard someone mention on a podcast recently was that you – if you're talking to someone too long before meeting them in person, it's going to – might just be a letdown because you've built up the ideal version of them so much in your head and that first yeah. impression just isn't going to get it. So take yeah, that and put it in your pocket. I'm a big advocate for get off the dating app as quick as possible and just meeting them in person to know if you should even continue say, to waste your time. Abby matches with someone and says, hi, here's my number. I'll see you on Thursday at 8 o'clock for drinks. <laughs> Hi, I don't need to know anything about you. I will find that out when we get drinks. <laughs> Psychopath among us. Um, but first date. No, but first impressions on first dates, I wanted to touch on something. Um, how you look is how you – you should look exactly how you feel the most confident. Like don't worry about what the other person's thinking. Just worry about wearing something that you feel good in. And I think that if you do that, you'll have so much more confidence. And I also think that – Looking at your phone is a really bad first impression, guys and girls. Like on your first date, if you do not put your phone away and you're like looking at your phone or like checking anything at any point throughout the first date, like you should act like you literally don't have a cell phone, in my opinion. I was talking about this recently with some people at dinner the other weekend. I don't think there's a massive issue with keeping your phone on the table as long as you're not looking at it constantly. I guess. I Playing devil's advocate, I think it's better for you to just put the phone away. Boys, put it in your pockets. Girls, put it in your purse. Like, have it on your lap. I don't care. But, like, on the table, it's a little bit like, ooh, what if someone does try to contact me? Like, I want my full attention to be with that person, at least for that hour, and I want them to give me the same. That's funny because if someone tries to contact you, it shows that you have a social life and people care about you. I don't don't want them to know about about someone else. If I was (laughs) – 
I want them to know about me and my heart. I want them to get to know my heart. I want them to show up for me and Claire Crawley. My friends are in my heart. <laughs> well, you can talk about them. That's That comes up in yes, your conversation. Sir. It'll glow. It'll show yeah. through how much you love them. But I just think that's a personal thing. And I also think boys think that same way too, especially because girls are more notoriously yeah. like on their phone all the time and stuff. But unless you're like whipping out your phone to show pictures of like this travel story that you were talking about or your best friend who did something silly, like that's totally fine. But I think other than that, like keep the phones away, people on the first day. Abby's got a title, an album in her phone titled uh, <laughs> Ashley and just <laughs> flipping through. <laughs> I'm like, I always bring up my podcast. It's true. Like, I'm sorry. I'm that yeah. girl. But it's fun to talk about. It's my passion. I love talking about it. We've talked a lot about how we present ourselves with first impressions. What about the way that you take in someone else's first impression and take it in with grace without being too critical while also being honest? Because we're brutally Actually, honest we people. We're not <laughs> Okay, we're not gonna beat around the bush. I've tried to be a lot better. We are okay. brutally honest people with ourselves and with others. And Abby always says that you can read my face like a book. You really can. I am, Ashley wears her emotions not on her sleeve, on her freaking face. Which however, okay. I don't know. That's okay. You're I think it's great. It saves everyone a lot of time. It saves everyone a lot of time. Yeah, it does. I think we should talk about our first impressions of each other, Ashley. Are you talking? Do you want to do social media first impressions? Because that's where I saw your face first. I, I'm trying to think what I remember thinking about you. On social media, the way you presented yourself, I just figured that you wouldn't be the type of person you are whatsoever. I mean, the vanity thing was spot on that I guessed. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I'm unashamed, unashamedly myself. <laughs> The vanity was spot on, but I didn't think you were as goofy as you come off mm-hmm. and as as fun and goofy and as caring as you actually are. Cute. I didn't think that from social media. And then I met you in person. No, we I'm met on remember. FaceTime first. Oh, yeah, that I met on FaceTime, but that was for a split second. My, my opinion of you when we first met on FaceTime when Ali was talking to you about living where you guys were gonna live yeah. I thought you were so funny Ashley like I was really yeah, I was like this girl is hilarious like she is just are you listening to our conversation were you listening to our conversation you and Allie well I came yeah, in the but room. how did you hear that I don't know like I came in the room and then I remember we were, we started chatting a little bit and I was just kind of sitting with okay. Allie while you guys were talking and I just thought you were hoot and a half it's funny as yeah. hell yeah oh I remember after hanging out with you in person junior year, maybe once or twice, I remember asking Allie, I was like, I'm kind of scared of Abby. Should I be scared of Abby? <laughs> She's kind of intimidating. Yeah. And she was like, no, this you'll like this. She was like, no. She's like, you should be scared of her. As long as you don't do anything to cross her, then I would be. She's like, but if she loves you. She loves you so much. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's really black and white with me, I guess. But I need to address yeah. this because it really is a pattern. I don't know if it's like my height or just like my confident personality. I I get a lot of feedback that I'm intimidating and I don't understand. I don't think I am. I'll tell you what it is. It is your height and it's your really dark hair with your really blue eyes and you have a full face of makeup on. I think all of those qualities put together make for an intimidating. But I didn't always have the dark hair. I had the blonde hair for a while. And I think you were less intimidating quite possibly with the blonde hair. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, needless to say, (laughs) I usually win people over, but I do get a lot of feedback that everyone close to me was at one time scared of me. And that makes me sad, but also happy because I guess I could utilize that as a weapon going forward in my career, maybe. I don't know. 
This is funny. One time our sweet friend, friend Jeff, for some sort of competition thing with his major, he had to make a video and there were scripts for both me and Abby to follow. And oh, yeah. I was an employee and Abby was the boss and she had to shred into me. And Abby's second passion is acting, which you might not know. And she had to shred into me. And I remember walking away from filming it. And I was like, my God, I was like, I feel terrified <laughs> from the way she talked to me with her tone and her, her look. <laughs> I love acting so much. My small scale acting gigs for people's school projects are about as far as I've gone, but maybe we should yeah. make a demo tape. Like Ashley's ready to be my manager forever. So absolutely say less. Um, but yeah, so you are an intimidating person. Well, I guess that's something I can work on, but at the same time, I'm just going to continue being myself because it's worked out for me this far. Why don't we leave a bunch of adjectives on the story and have people vote on what they view you as? <laughs> Oh my gosh, funny. I love interacting with the fans. Okay, sounds good. All right. Well, with that, I am going to try to be less intimidating, I guess, you guys, but I hope you got something out of our discussion on first impressions. I think it's important to remember that you only get one shot at it and there's going to be a lot of first impressions that you're making in this world. And hopefully we gave you some inspiration. To play devil's advocate for that, though, there have been many people where I've had a negative first impression of them. And they end up being some of my closest friends. Totally. Obviously, give people a second chance, third chance, like really get to know people. But still, I think you always will remember that first impression most of the time. Do your best, you know, be yourself, dress to impress, head held high. Give other people some grace with theirs because you never know. Yes. And to wrap up, Bachelor is next week, Women Till All. So will we be discussing it, Ashley? I'm not sure. I don't know. I always half-heartedly watch that one. Why don't we discuss Survivor? Yeah, so maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll do a Survivor re- recap of season 21. Um, but if not, we will be discussing the book club. If anyone's been reading along with us, it's not too late to get it and to go back and listen to our book club episodes. It's but not again, too late because I still haven't gotten it. <laughs> yes, Ashley is a little behind on the homework, but that's okay. She's a quick reader, reader you guys. She's very literate. And we'll be reading um, the book Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reed. So that's the book we'll be discussing on Tuesday's episode. If you've been reading along with us or if you've already read the book, you can really just enjoy that conversation. And also, you guys, give us a follow on justgowithit.podcast so that we can keep growing there. That's a whole lot more fun than this podcast sometimes. Abby put some great content on that. And then give us a review on Apple Podcasts because we would just die. Every one we get, we get absolutely giddy. So give us a review. Three stars and up only. Three stars and up only. If you're going to give us a bad review, like don't waste your time, please. It's not worth it. (laughs) Go to one of our competitors. Okay, you guys, go make some good first impressions. And we love you so much. Thank you for listening. Just go with it. Just go with it, man.